0: Foundations.
1: We are supposed to pray according to the will of God. Part of the time is we don't know what the will of God is, but we would know the will of God if we got into the Word of God. We keep waiting for a little voice to pop into our head, which is actually not necessary.
0: Foundations, understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Some Christians find praying easy, but many, in fact you could say most, struggle with the concept of praying to someone they can't see. But is praying for the same thing a demonstration of biblical precedent, or is repeating your prayers evidence of a lack of faith?
1: You know, I can remember um, being in a bit of a prayer group at one particular time and praying for my father, actually. I was praying for my dad at the time, who didn't know the Lord. I'd prayed for him many times. And I got a bit upset. I was a lot crying, you know, and you, you're praying. Mm. It's emotional. And just praying that my dad would come to faith. And then after the prayer meeting, somebody who was in attendance at that prayer meeting actually came up to me and said, look, you know, you just distressed yourself. When it comes to praying for people or anything really, I pray once and then I don't repeat myself again because otherwise I'm just demonstrating a lack of faith. Oh, well. That kind of didn't sit very <laughs> yeah, well with right. me at the time. Yeah. Um, but, but I was only young in the Lord and I really didn't know how to sort of respond yeah, to that. Yeah. So is, is there something about repeating our prayers that is faithful or faithless? Mm. And so, um, I want to start by just sort of recounting a parable that Jesus told. It was in, um, you can read it for yourself, it's in Luke 18 and the first eight verses of that chapter. And Jesus told this parable about this, um, a particular leader or judge or ruler of this particular city who wasn't a particularly godly man. But every day this little widow would come and beat on his doors and say, listen, I'm in a bind, and mm. I need you to bring justice for me. Yeah. And every single day she would come and pester him, and he wasn't particularly interested in caring about her or doing anything for her, but to just shut her up and get rid of her, yeah. he actually followed through, and he did the right thing by her. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus in this particular parable says, well, that's what the unjust judge did, but what about God, who is just? Mm. If you bring your um, your issues or your prayers and your petitions before him, he is going to act on your behalf, and he's going to do it quickly.
0: Yeah, and he was using that as an example of faith, wasn't he? In yeah. The woman of, coming back every keep day.
1: Coming back. Mm. Don't let go. Be dogged in it. But then to finish this particular parable off in verse 8, Jesus finishes with this very, very strange phrase. He says, however, so here he is talking about prayer, and, however, When the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That's a very funny statement to sort of finish with on the subject of prayer. We will come back to that. So, you know, again, I heard this person say that to me, don't repeat your prayers because it's showing a lack of faith and didn't sit well with me. And that in its, that the, what we've just recounted from uh, Luke 18 shows that it is actually important that when it comes to bringing your prayers before God, it's okay to repeat Those Mm. prayers. Now, I do want to stress that I'm not saying repeat certain words like little mantras. In fact, the Bible actually says don't do that because that's paganism. Mm. But when it comes to repeating your prayers, bringing those prayers back and reminding God, keep bringing them back, that's actually very godly. But then you kind of have to wonder, well, why? Why is that Mm. important? I mean, God
0: doesn't forget, does he?
1: Well, you kind of have to ask the question, what has he got a bad memory? (laughs) Or does he need convincing? Because mm. um, he's
0: he's not like the bad judge that's got to be worn down In order for us to get what no, we're asking for No,
1: he's not like that at all I mean, it's not like he doesn't have enough information mm. About whether or not he should grant this prayer So we have to keep <laughs> yeah. bringing him information yeah. no, no, None of those things, none of those things at all So I want to just quickly mention the prophet Elijah He Now, this he was a man of God He was accustomed to hearing the voice of God Okay, This man knew how to communicate with God. And then, do you remember the account where he there'd been the big contest on Mount Carmel um, with the prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth, and God came up with this incredible demonstration of power where fire screams out of heaven, devours the offering and the altar and the lake of water yeah. that was surrounding it, and there's nothing but a scorched earth underneath it. This incredible demonstration of God's power. And then because it was during the time of um, King Ahab and Queen Jezebel who were particularly wicked mm. and leading the whole nation into error and apostasy, and God sent drought. Uh, for years there'd been drought, and it was destroying and crippling the nation. So God gets their attention with this incredible demonstration of power through the you know, ministry of the prophet of Elijah, and then... When all of the false prophets were dead, God then says to Elijah, tell Ahab that the drought is about to break. I'm going to send rain. And Ahab goes off to have something to eat and drink. He's happy camper. <laughs> but what did Elijah do? He went to the top of the mountain with his servant, and he he actually got down and he stuck his head between his knees. Yeah. He, keep in mind, he's just seen this incredible power mm. of God. And he's got his head between his knees and he's sending his servant, go and look towards the sea and tell me what you see. Seven times. Yeah. Seven times. And you're thinking, where was his faith? Look what he had just seen. Yeah. And and it wasn't until the seventh time that his servant said, look, I've seen this little cloud. It's the size of a man's hand. And Elijah says, right, that's yep. enough. And then he sends message to Ahab, get moving because you're going to get washed away if you don't mm. hurry up and get home. And, of course, we know that there's this miracle that takes place and the drought is broken. But seven times yeah. he had to pray.
0: So was he yeah, waiting for the seventh time? Was that uh, because of a, a lack of faith, you might say, that uh, he had to wait? I guess the other example from Elijah as well is uh, with the widow of a Serapheth where her son died yeah. and Elijah yep. then came in to pray for him to come back to life. But mm-hmm. he stretched himself out three times in order for... You know, the, the child to come back from the dead.
1: Yeah. I mean, and again, Elijah was incredible that he saw incredible miracles, Mm. incredible power of God that he saw demonstrated. And yet he still repeated himself when it came to, I guess, like every single one of us, Elijah had to deal with his human sinful nature, which it is, it just seems to me that it's normal for us to doubt. Mm. After he'd seen a child rise from the dead, by the power of God, after that uh, demonstration on Mount Carmel, Jezebel, she actually sends message to Elijah and says, by this time tomorrow you're going to be dead. He'd just seen the power of God, and yet he ran like a frightened girl as far as he could get. So Elijah, so like us, in that Mm. he was having to deal with doubts all the time, regardless of how much he saw the power of God, regardless of how much he knew the voice of God. So when he prayed, he prayed repeatedly until he knew that God was going to answer one way or another, he continued to pray. And you see that throughout Elijah's life. He's just so like us. So the thing is, when we are instructed to pray, and we are instructed to pray, we are supposed to pray according to the will of God. Part of the time is we don't know what the will of God is. But we would know the will of God if we got into the Word of God. We keep waiting for a little voice to pop into our head, Mm. which is actually not necessary. We know how we should pray when we know what the word of God says. But there, there, there is some conflict in that because we know that we, for example, we know that we should pray for healing for those who are sick. But if we prayed for healing for everybody for the rest of their lives, we'd never actually die. Okay. But God has already said he knows the day we're going to be born. He knows the day we're going to die. So there are, and we know that sometimes when we pray for healing, it doesn't happen. And sometimes God uses Illness or he uses death even sometimes for his purposes. Mm. That is because God's permissive will means that the individual life of a person has a different individual purpose to that of somebody else. Mm. Okay. So we uh, pray according to the will of God, but have enough trust in him that it's not always going to answer, be answered the way we think. It's the same as praying for the salvation of our families. That's part of the will of God. But sometimes our families remain wayward. I know that's hard to hear. I've got them in my own family. But sometimes there are different purposes for different individuals. So we have to pray according to the will of God, as it's outlaid in Scripture, but trusting Him into the outcome.
0: We've run out of time for today, but we have more to learn on this subject of repeating our prayers. So we'll continue to explore it further in our next program on Foundations.